New Hampshire is one of the lowest unemployment rates per capita in the country. There are more jobs than available workers. So if you allow the marketplace, the private sector, to adjust, that's why even large retailers are paying well over any legal minimum wage in any state to get workers. Some of these places are offering, you know, $18, $19 an hour. That's far above any mandated legal minimum wage. So whenever you have these political pieces of legislation to kind of tell businesses what you need to spend to hire someone, does it really impact the reality of what the companies have to pay to hire someone or retain someone? Just a commentary. In other words, you can tinker and debate minimum wage all you want, but companies do better and workers do better when they get paid well above any legal mandated minimum wage. And, of course, companies, including even big box stores, have had to pay closer to 20 bucks an hour than 10 to get people to work. Just some commentary. Uh, 603-228-2080. Rory O'Neill, NBC News Radio National Correspondent, will be checking in. First check-in of the new year. Welcome to 2024 on this Tuesday. Nice day out there, actually. Plenty of sunshine on this Tuesday on the chillier side this morning. I think it was about 19 when I got up, but not bad. Tis the season. to get milder as we get going into the week. And then keep an eye on the weekend. We actually could see our first winter system for much, much of the region uh, on mainly going into Sunday this coming weekend. But we will see. That could, that could change, of course. A lot of news going on. You heard from some of our regular contributors. Is the race tightening in New Hampshire? On the Republican side, we'll have some more expert political analysis from some of our all-stars. Reminder, we'll be broadcasting the day of and the evening of New Hampshire's first in the nation presidential primary Tuesday, January 23rd from the West Wing at St. Anselm College Institute of Politics. And Rory O'Neill, I'm seeing his radio national correspondent. Happy 2024, Rory. Financial resolutions coming into the new year. Take it away. Yeah, good morning, Jack. Happy New Year. I'm still trying to adjust to the fact it's Tuesday, let alone 2024. But Wallet Hub does have some financial suggestions in the new year. You know, we have talked a lot about these interest rates being higher, making things more expensive. But if you're a saver, it's actually been good news, meaning if you've got money in a savings account, you're actually making a bit more on the side. And Wallet Hub says as you put more money set aside for your six-month emergency fund, Make sure that money is making money by putting it in accounts nowadays, paying about 5% in FDIC-insured accounts. They also say make sure your identity is being protected this year. About a million people had their identity stolen in the last year. And uh, also, one trick they say, pay your bills as soon as you get your paycheck. So same day, say it's every other Friday, same day, go pay the bills then. That way you're not you're sure you're going to have it and uh, won't waste away and squander the money in the meantime. Of course, Rory, the problem with inflation is someone someone say, okay, I'd pay the bills, but I don't have enough based on my right. check and my pay to pay all the bills. All right, Rory, thank you. Thanks, Jack. All right, Rory O'Neill, obviously News Radio National Correspondent. Going to switch gears, Brad Card, Card and Associates, one of our political analysts and all-stars, and he'll be up around the primary course in person helping us out in the morning and evening. Good morning, Brad, on this Tuesday. How are you? Hey, Jack, I'm living the dream. All right, so you're not here physically, and it feels like this race is tightening. I'm not sure. Neil Vacker earlier says it is. They're going to have a poll coming out again. 
It feels like it's tightening. Is there enough time? And what will happen in the next few weeks? We're 21 days away from the first votes in this contest for the White House in New Hampshire's first in the nation presidential primary. What's your sense from D.C. or maybe not being in New Hampshire from people you talk about? It's hard for them to get a gauge on what's happening here. But is it a two-person race? And are the polls really tightening uh, between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, yes or no? Well, it's yet to be seen uh, whether it's going to be a two-person race or not. It, 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 this is uh, do or die, I think, for Nikki Haley, uh, quite frankly, in New Hampshire. Um, I, 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 I like Governor Haley very much. I think she'd be a good president. And I, uh, I, I think that what she's going to have to do is she's going to suffer a loss in Iowa. Uh, and then, but she's got to show that she can win and that she can get some momentum into this campaign. Um, it, it, it's been very odd as far as a political campaign goes, Jack. I mean, it, you, you've seen a debate without the front runner. You've seen several debates without the front runner, Donald Trump being even involved in the debate. And you've got Governor DeSantis and Governor Haley beating each other up, but not even taking on Donald Trump at all. So that that's rare. I mean, it's usually the front runner gets beat up, right? right. That's what we see. That's what we're used to. Uh, we don't see it. There's a real concern, and people are afraid of Donald Trump. Um, and 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 I think that's really what it is. They're afraid of backlash Look, on Donald Trump, which I, I I think is a mistake by both candidates. I think that you can embrace the policies of Donald Trump, of of, of many of the good things that he's accomplished. I think you can be critical of some of the policies that he he's pushed forth as well and, and and draw the distinction that I think Nikki Haley's tried to do this a little bit where she said that the chaos that surrounds Donald Trump is 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 detrimental to the country and I would agree with that um, but I don't think she's played that and she certainly hasn't made that case right or she hasn't let, sold that case to voters let me ask you this you mentioned New Hampshire could be do or die for Nikki Haley what about Ron DeSantis what about Chris Christie do or die or not uh, yeah, I think Chris Christie, I mean, the, the handwriting's on the wall for Chris Christie. He was going to be a New Hampshire, or, or in my opinion, uh, win New Hampshire or go home candidate. And um, he, he polling suggests that he's not going to win. Um, the, the person that could come out and be uh, advanced, quite frankly, much of the agenda that, that Chris Christie wants is Nikki Haley. And I think Chris Christie has to do some soul-searching and decide if he's going to be in this race for his ego and be in the race to, uh, to throw bombs, or is he actually serious about wanting another candidate other than Donald Trump that shares many of the values that he does? Um, and if it's the latter, then I think you'll see him drop out and endorse Nikki Haley. But I don't know if he's going to be if he's going to do that. Uh, he's he's said publicly he's not going to do that, right. which I think was fine a couple of weeks ago. But now, uh, and but, I think Governor Sununu has put some pressure on him as well to, to drop out. And if he doesn't drop out, then I think it's going to hurt Nikki Haley. And I, I I think the reality is we're seeing it in polls that Donald Trump looks like he's poised to win New Hampshire. Let me go back to Iowa. Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, of course. Big name, but not resonating in New Hampshire to the extent he would like, if, he, if these polls are accurate, putting a lot of his eggs and marbles or dice, if you will, into Iowa. Talk about yeah. his stage and what happens in, if Trump wins Iowa, which suggests he might. What about Ron DeSantis coming into New Hampshire? 
Yeah, I, I don't see any momentum behind Ron DeSantis. Um, it, it doesn't feel like And why momentum. is that, Brad, if you did kind of reflect? Why is that? You know, I, I think that there is something to be said for always. You know, he's, he's tried to out-Trump Trump on several occasions, and I don't think that ever works. Um, certainly in New Hampshire that did, did not work in the last uh, election cycle. Uh, I also think DeSantis, he, it, it, fighting, it's good to fight, and people want to know that they have a fighter that will stand behind them, but I think they want more than that. They don't want constant fighting. And I think that you're hearing a, almost a, a, uh, a mean tone from the DeSantis campaign where it, it, everything's a fight. They want to fight. They're going to fight. They're going to fight. Um, there's no bridging any divides, and there's not a real optimistic outlook for the country. And I, I think that's hurt him. And so you're trying to out-Trump Trump, and your only argument for out-Trumping Trump is that I'm younger. Uh, I don't think that's a winning strategy. And I, I would say sometimes Nikki Haley falls into that as well, a little bit. But I, but less so, certainly, than uh, DeSantis. But DeSantis has said that he's going to win Iowa. If he doesn't win Iowa, right. I don't think there's any path for him. And well, um, I, I, I highly doubt he's going to get out, at least uh, early on. And people are... There are some that are telling DeSantis stick around because Donald Trump does have massive legal problems that are real. And you can poo-poo them and say that they're not real, but they are real. And so who knows what's going to come out during those trials. You're going to be up here with us that evening. Let's just say hypothetically, Brad, Tuesday evening, January 23rd, when the results are declared in the Republican primary here, let's be very hypothetical. Let's say it's a photo finish. I'm just throwing this out there. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Let's say it's a photo finish and Nikki Haley uh, edges Donald Trump by a couple points. How big of a story is that nationally going out of New Hampshire? Huge. Because then Donald Trump is the loser. And Donald Trump is somebody who lost his last election as well. So I I, I think that that becomes – I think Nikki Haley will be catapulted significantly. I think people in other states will take a second look at her and – and, and, and kind of view this and say, well, you know, maybe she is the solution. Maybe she actually can uh, unite our party, uh, certainly have many of the same policies that Donald Trump has, but be able to execute them with all the drama. That's what I think could happen. Uh, if she doesn't win, though, Jack, she's in a world of hurt. I don't see a path if she doesn't win for her, which is um, too bad. Let's, she has to show that she can win. Now, when I, you're not here physically as much. What I'm starting to see... In certain Democrat strongholds in New Hampshire, let's just say hypothetically Seacoast, Portsmouth, you're starting to see signs like right in Joe Biden, the right in signs. He's not on the ballot here. We talk a lot on the Republican side. Let's talk about the Democrat side here for a moment. You know that Joe Biden didn't do terribly well in the last primary here, ran down to South Carolina. In fact, he left in the middle of the day before the votes were even known here, sensing a disastrous showing behind the likes of Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Klobuchar, and so forth. My question to you is, what if Biden, his the true weakness or anemic nature of his real numbers, poll numbers for Democrats, showing that they're not really excited, there's no real energy here. What if Biden doesn't do well in this write-in? He's not on the ballot, but what if he's embarrassed okay. here? It's not just in New Hampshire. Joe Biden has no real energy behind his campaign. His campaign but yet, is not But yet it's Biden. Great. The Democrats are pushing Biden, no one else. And, and Democrats are pushing Biden. And, and I think that that's a mistake. I think they'd be better off to say, um, 
look at the the president is not participating in New Hampshire, and then set expectations that if anybody writes it in, that's a, that's a, a gift. But saying that you're either in a race or you're not in the race. Um, look at I think Democrats ought to be outraged at the Biden camp, at the at President Biden, and at National Democrats for snubbing New Hampshire. And this is not new. This is what Elizabeth Warren has been pushing for a long time. Uh, I think Democrats ought to revolt against their own national party because they are absolutely uh, diminishing the importance of the New Hampshire primary uh, and, and, and taking that power out of New Hampshire, which is a small state that you can actually be competitive in and campaign in. So I, I think that there will be a lot of resentment by Democrats in New Hampshire, and there should be. And if there's not more, if there isn't, shame on them, because they need to stand up and send a message to, to President Biden and to the National Democrat Party uh, that they got to stop playing games with New Hampshire. But I think Biden's numbers are just absolutely atrocious, and they are panicking. Uh, they they think that their best chance is against Donald Trump. You see national polling. If Nikki Haley wins this primary, she's going to run away with this election against Donald Trump against uh, Joe Biden. Um, it's going to be pretty close if it's Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And I think the best thing for a Robert Kennedy, for instance, is a Trump Biden ticket. With with Robert Kennedy being at least at this particular moment the most prominent. Mm. Uh, third-party candidate. Don't you get a kick out of, um, you're talking about the Democrats, and and they should be mad at Biden and the DNC for not running in New Hampshire, not running in the early states. Don't you get a kick out of the hypocrisy sometimes, is what you'll hear from leading Democrats is they're the party, free and open elections, easier same-day registration, easier earlier voting, don't show a license to vote, because that, you know, that will discriminate against some. So all this talk about voting, when it comes to voting and nominating their own nominee, voting doesn't seem to matter that much. It's more of the political party bosses will decide for the masses. And it's just interesting. Some Democrats will say, you know, the Electoral College is not a good thing, even though that's how we have representation in Congress in terms of smaller states. So my point is, isn't a little bit hypocritical? Democrats talk one thing about voting in elections, but when it comes to, you know, nominating their own candidate, it's muscle and party bosses. What, what the National Democrats want is a very, very, in my opinion, extreme liberal party. They can control it better, and they can raise a lot of money. The extremes of both parties raise the most money, and that's just a fact. That's the way it is. That's where the motivation comes from. The hard, hard right, the, you know, the far right Trump candidate and the far left, you know, Rashida Tlaib and Elizabeth Warren. Those candidates raise a lot of money. If you have that type of electorate, you are going to end up with big cities being important for Democrats and moderate small cities, rural America, um, be forgotten by Democrats. Yeah, you'd have New York and California basically electing. Yeah, New York and California. California, Chicago, Boston. That's what you're going to see the focus on. Democrats, and I think you've seen that with Elizabeth Warren. She's come to New Hampshire. Right. It, it's comical to me that people in, in, New, in New Hampshire would even embrace that because that's exactly like they're, they're telling hey, you. Before we let you go, telling you you're not important to us. Before we let you go, Congress comes back next week. Government shutdown on the docket or what? 
I, I, you know, I don't see a government shutdown right now. I think that um, they are heading towards a a long-term CR. They might be able to cobble a couple of appropriation bills that have already passed the House, and 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 maybe they can find a path on them. But your big bills, your uh, ag FDA appropriations bill, labor age appropriations bills, uh, those are very contentious. I don't see them being worked out right now. I think the speaker is not going to do another short-term CR. He said he's not going to do a short-term CR. So I think we could end up with a long-term CR. Wow. And then you're going to see a very quick shift for uh, FY25 appropriations so that they're shown to be working. Now, that's going to go over well with some of the hard right, in my opinion. Uh, Probably will go over with some of the hard right because they – they, right. they realize right. they're not going to be able to pass these more moderate bills. But the, the rank-and-file member who has a, a, a moderate district, they're not going to be thrilled. All right, we've got to run. Brad Card, live out of Washington. Brad Card, Card and Associates, one of our political okay. analysts and officers. All right, come back on Good Morning New Hampshire. The Pulse of an H, powered by Six Hour in the new year. Back in a moment. Tom Raffio. Hey, thank you for that commercial for good oral health care. That's great. Hey, that's one thing I want to cover uh, right now is I want to make sure veterans understand uh, kind of like the flow chart of what's available to you. So um, if you're eligible for Medicaid, generally speaking, you have the dental benefit. If you're not eligible for Medicaid but are fully disabled or a POW, you can get your dental care at the VA. And then if you don't fit into those two buckets, that's when you call me at 223-1300, and I'll set you up with Dr. Mitch Correa. And it's already started. We're just barely into the new year. But what I've done this year, Jack, is uh, thanks to the blessings of my board of directors and support, we've upped the budget from 200000 to 300000 So we will try to take care of as many veterans um, as, as we can. So that's what's on the oral health front. Um, on the fun front, Yesterday, I ran the Millennium Mile in Londonderry <laughs> on New Year's Day, and uh, it, is the tw- it was the 25th anniversary of the race. And what's relevant about it, since you mentioned my book, Stories from the Starting Line, road racing has become a real intersection of fun population health, but also fundraising for, for charities. So Millennium Running, which was established you know, 10, 15 years ago, they've, they've given back over you know, $1.6 million in various, you know, charities well, o- o- over the years. And if I and, can if I can interject, Tom, you had said on the show on Friday or recently going into the new year, how many races you've done and Delta Dental supported through your board this year. And I, I forget the number, but can you imagine if you totaled up all the community good that was done from all those races, it had to be in the millions of dollars for these Absol- communities. Absolutely, and that's what uh, see people think. You know, I do run I do run a half billion dollar company, but I'm out there a lot, and people think, oh my god, what's going? on? But essentially, there's a total intersection because, as as a perfect example of what you're saying, we we sponsored the Delta Dental Mount Washington Road Race. Well, th- hundreds of thousands of dollars proceeds from that race have established the Coas County D- Dental Center in the North Country, and their CEO repeatedly tells me without the contributions from Delta Dental and that race, they would not be the dental center at Coas County Family Health Center. So the whole point in all this is that when you see road races, well, one, it's good for community spirit, camaraderie, population health. But generally speaking, um, most road races, and, and definitely the ones Delta Dental is involved with, um, and that, by the way, that was my, if you count 
Monday as the it's still 2023. That was like my 100th race of the year. Um, but if you count all that stuff, all sorts of funds go back to uh, charity. And so, for, for example, the Solinsky Cancer Center, it, when we do the Delta Dental Elliott race, you know, this summer, well, tons of the money goes back to the Solinsky Cancer Center. So I love that intersection. And, you know, at some point um, when if people get a chance to read my book, Stories from the Starting Line, we just added a new chapter. We kind of explain that, you know, the intersection between population health and raising money for uh, all sorts of charities, and whether it's food insecurity, whether it's cancer, uh, veterans count. I mean, there's there's so many worthy charities in New Hampshire, but that's what make, makes us special. We, we we can do something with it. And I'll I'll just close with, and we'll talk on Friday, but... This weekend, I have the Black Heritage Trail, New Hampshire, on my show, and Terry Robinson will be speaking. And what people, obviously, people know it's in Portsmouth, but they don't know kind of the how the Black Heritage Trail system has really um, captivated the history, the Black you, history in you, in New Hampshire. Can I just touch upon that because I love sure. the history there so much? You know that that part, that chapter, has such incredible unknown significance because. Martha and George Washington, before they had the, you know, the first couple were in Washington, I believe we were in Philadelphia, and they had a young, um, you know, I'm trying to think of, I think it was Ada Judge, is that her name, right. J-Dog? Um, and she basically, she escaped the first family at a young age, wanted to be free, came to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Imagine that for a young woman back then to have that courage to travel. It wasn't like you were hopping on Spirit Airlines or JetBlue, right? Escaped to Portsmouth. Lived to be, I think, pretty uh, older in the area of the Seacoast. And Washington, once he was sitting president, would come and visit his sec- personal secretary, Tobias Lear's home on Hunking, Hunking Street, right down near Gino's uh, chowder shop in Portsmouth. And within miles away was was this young woman who had escaped the, you know, kind of the, the service of the Washingtons. What an amazing story. Absolutely. And so, as you know, J-Dog, Jack's a student of history, as I am, as you are. And I think those people that go and uh, do some research with the Black Heritage Trail System, New Hampshire, and Jerry and Bogus does a great job as executive director. Um, you'll you'll get all of this African American history, which is very robust in New Hampshire. And and the young man that I had on, um, his name is Terry Robinson. He came from a different part of the country, and he's really trying to engage the community on it. So, in any event, that's what's this weekend. Um, I do, have, and I then I know you. Ona. I think her first name was Ona Judge. Was Correct. Ada Judge. But anyway. Thank you. And then for, for my racing friends, and I know you love dogs, Jack. So on Sunday, my wife Ellen and I are putting on a race in Hopkinton at 10 o'clock, and it raises money for the Grand State Dog Recovery Services because you may recall last winter a new pup we got escaped, and she was out in the in the cold for like six days, and the Granite Dog Recovery Services did a great job in cap getting her back. And we're doing a fundraiser for them, and so on the T-shirt is our is our Black German Shepherd on the T-shirt. So that's Sunday in Hopkinton um, at ten o'clock, right down by the fire station. So that's my upbeat story. I'm sticking with it, and I'll see you. I'll talk to you Friday again, right? You got it. You got it, Tom. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you, Jack. Take care. Bye.